revival this week. The need of it and so on. God's way to revival. 85th Psalm, the psalmist said, Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Breaking it down in everyday language. Will thou not revive us again, that people might get excited about God? Will thou not revive us again, that there might be a spiritual stampede? And folks, so God will be so excited about God that they can't behave themselves. All they want to talk about is God. I can remember times in communities when the revival meeting was on, and that's all folks talked about at home, on the street, at work, on the jobs, and everywhere else. They talked about that. And as a result, that's the need of the hour that God revive us again. A revival is simply declaring that there's a will. The psalmist said, as the hearth painteth out of the water book, so painteth my soul after thee, O God. As a dry, thirsty land crieth out from the rains of heaven, my soul crieth out for thee. Like a after a great drought that some of our states and countryside has suffered, the, all the vegetation is wilted and the ground is cracked open and parched and welcoming rain from heaven. And when the rain comes, the vegetation takes on new life. The wilted condition ceases and takes on new growth and puts out new leaves and blooms and puts out new fruit. And that's the thing. There's been so much spiritual drought on here of late. So many places dried up spiritually that there's so many Christians that are not bearing the fruit they ought to bear. They're wilted, depressed, despairing, and as a result are not active as they ought to be. And so as a result, we need a revival that will come unto us he said, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall get satisfied. And God blesses my friends when there's a need of it. God always blesses. As Brother Charles was saying a while ago, when we get to needing bad enough, God will do something about meeting our needs. And what we need to do is to recognize that there's a desperate need in our lives for God reviving us, reviving us as individuals, reviving us as a church. And when we cry out, and when we sense it, and when we become thirsty and hungry, then God said we'll get satisfied. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. In other words, until we get really hungry and thirsty, God's not going to pour it out one on us. God's not going to cram religion down us. God's not going to force it on us. But if we get hungry enough, if we get thirsty enough, we'll cry out like the psalmist said, and we thirst as the heart thirsteth after the broader brooks, so painteth my soul after the old God. Yeah, we can see out under the heart he's referring about is a deer laying quietly in the forest and the dogs and the hunters 
come in on him and arouse him and chase him. He's running for his life. And he passes the water brooks. And he's thirsty. His sides are pumping like a bellus. And he'd like to get in that brook and lap up some of that water, refresh him. But the dogs have got him on a chase, and the hunters are chasing him for his life, wanting to kill him. And he's got to keep moving. He doesn't have time. Likewise, the devil and his forces are today chasing us Christians. So many things happening, so many things taking place that we find ourselves not time to stop and drink of the things of God. And we're thirsty. Our souls are painting. Our souls are thirsty for the things of God. So many obligations, so many pressures of so many different kinds has got us all thirsty and hungry. And Jesus said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst because they're going to be get satisfied when they get in that shape. And we re- need to realize there's coming a hunger and coming a thirst for God to give us the water of life and the bread of life afresh and anew. And he said, with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. Out of these shall flow rivers of water, referring to the Holy Spirit, of course. And there's a great need of that all taking place in our lives. And if the Spirit of God flows out of you and flows out of me into our churches, and then the lost who's parched with sin can drink and be refreshed and be revived. And so a revival is nothing more than being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Fill it up and overflowing and refreshing those around them. That's what it is. And that's what he said. Will thou not so refresh us and so revive us that they'll be strengthening us and it'll be strengthening to others. And when we get the sense of it, and when we feel the need of it, as I said, God ain't going to give us something if we don't sense it, if we don't feel it, if we don't ask for it. God don't go around just putting it on us anyhow. If you don't want it, God let us go like we are. But we need to realize as never before that we need a real revival in this day in which we live. I've never seen so many preachers as defeated in their ministry as now, depressed, despairing. I had one of the greatest preachers I know of to call me yesterday evening. He's despairing, ready last night to throw in the towel and quit. And he was one of the the last things I'd ever thought it had to thought. But so much sin has come up in his church, division and confusion. He said, I'm just ready to throw it all out and quit. I said, no, you're not. And I preached to him about 20 minutes and prayed to him till he got stirred up and then he didn't want to quit. And my friends, there's a lot of preachers the devil's scared and they're depressed and they're despairing and the people have caught that spirit of depressing and despairing spirit. We need to be revived again to where we'll not let the devil have any say-so anymore. And when we get to hurting bad enough, we'll start to cry to God to revive the people and revive us preachers. And that's what we need. Oh, Hezekiah came to the throne 
when he's 25 until then take the sword and go after the devil and preach it out and teach it out and pray it out until the devil had to take out and got our churches back in the revival that have called people back to God. There's seven things that will bring on a revival. And my friends, a revival is personal. Ask the God to revive you first of all. Are you really revived? Didn't matter. Am I revived? You say, well, old John, if he'd get revived, we'd have to do something. What about you? Old Sue, if you, she'd get revived, well, we'd have a revival. What about you? Do you need one? Why don't you work on yourself and ask God to give you an overhaul and get you all fired up? Somebody else might catch it. Somebody else might join in. Revival's a personal matter. Ask God to revive you. You say, well, I'd be by myself. That's all right. Enoch had one for 300 years. He got so full of God, he just went on with God. You don't have to have everybody to have a revival. You can have it. Old Daniel had a revival when everybody else was against him. But he prayed and had a revival. Got so full of God, the lions couldn't even eat him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a revival. They got so full of God, they wouldn't bow to the king's idol. And as for the full of God, the fire wouldn't even burn them. So we got a long ways to go, hadn't we? When we get full enough, they can't burn us. And when we get full enough, the lions can't eat us. Then we'll have a revival. It'll shake America. That's what I'm saying tonight. Ask God. Noah had a revival. He preached 120 years and didn't have a convert. And if we preach 20 weeks and don't have one, we get down the dump. Well, I guess I better quit the ministry. <laughs> Hadn't had a convert in 12 months. Ooh, me. Well, he preached 120 years. Gonna rain! Gonna rain! They said that old crazy's got a loose screw in his head. Gonna rain! Gonna rain! Gonna rain! Gonna rain! Listen to that crazy fool. He's lost all the marble he had. Gonna rain! Gonna rain! Gonna rain! He'd go back there and build on the ark, and then he'd get burdened, and he'd jump out and run them down the countryside of preaching. And finally, he got the ark built. God said, take your family in there. I'm going to bring it to pass. And he moved his family in. And after he got them moved in, God moved male and female of every creature in there. God moved them. No, he didn't have to get out and run down. I can see an old society sister had a little canary bird, a beautiful singer. She thought so much of it, and it sang beautifully every day. But one morning she opened the cage, and it never had been disobedient. One morning she opened the cage to water and feed it flew out. She ran after it, but when it's Noah's Ark. Now I see 
an old society sister with his glasses on a stick and a leash on her dog, taking him out for a morning walk. Such a little nice puppy. When Noah's Ark. It quit being so funny then. And then the door went to her. And God pitched it within and without. That mean Noah couldn't even open it without messing with God's pitching. No matter who cried outside, friend or foe, no, he couldn't open it, but God pitched it. And then the flood came. My friend, I want you to know the destruction will come after a while. God has his priest, but you be sure you've done all the preaching God wants you to do. Don't back up, don't compromise, don't ease up. Let us preach and warn Everybody that God wants us to warn, if disaster comes to this country, be sure, preacher, you've done your part of the warning before the disaster comes. God's going to do something about all of this apostasy, this immoral rebellion and turning away from God. There's something going to happen, but be sure you in the clear when it happens. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to... God help you to realize and while the world perished old Noah and his family was in there rejoicing in the Lord and if you'll stay right with God and stay full of the Holy Spirit you'll be taken care of God's got a way of taking care of his youngest and he will Daniel was taken care of through all of it the Hebrew children was taken care of it through all of it the revival waits on God. God's the only one that can produce a revival that, that, that'll save people, that'll bring people back. Revival's being uh, my friend. He, John, Jesus said the Holy Spirit, he can't tell them when it come or the way it goes. It's like the wind. He said in John, can't tell them when it goes or where it comes. Thou hearest the sound thereof. A lot of folks said we have a revival. They wasn't in the mood. Good, quiet revival. Good, calm revival. Pew. You have a revival. The wind blows. Something's going to move. And you're going to hear something. And you feel something when the wind blows. And as a result of it, the wind blows. God said, you can't make the wind blows. God has to make the wind blow, like Charles said a while ago. The wind blows. Why and where and when? God decides that. He said, when you see the breeze in the top of the mulberry trees, then it's time to bestir thyself. Revival waits on God's people. The devil's crowd can't produce one or they can't stop one. Beloved, if we have a revival in America, you are going to have to produce it. Nobody else can't produce a revival. God's people, saved people, people that believe in it, people that want it, 
people that hunger for it, people that'll go along with it. If my people, not the devil's people, not the worldly people, not the infidels, not the atheists, not the agnostics, not the skeptics, not the communists, but my people. Well, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from the wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Who? My people. God ain't going to listen to a bunch of infidels and atheists and agnostics and communists and modernists. He's going to listen to his people. And his people is the only one going to get the attention of God. And you need to realize that, my brother and sister, if you want a revival, God's people are going to bring it on or it will not come. And you just need to face it. God's people are going to have to humble themselves. What does it mean? It don't mean the position of your body. A lot of folks think mean getting down on your knees or laying on your face. I can get out here and lay down on my face and shed tears till I wet the carpet. And I go home and they said, oh, preacher, I should get in humble. He cried till he wet the carpet with tears. I might have not been humble at all. All down I was putting on a show. I might have not been right with Brother Steve. I've been hating him. I wasn't humble. Or I might have been down there crying and kicking and beating the floor. You thought I was out of lumber. All the time, I had some of God's tithe money in my pocket and wasn't willing to give it. I was rebelling on tithing. I wasn't humble. I was a rebellious fella. Humble means you get willing to do what God wants you to do. You forgive folks. You get honest with God. That's humility. When you get humble, that's you get submissive to God's will. That's what humble means. And when I get to where I'm willing to do what God wants done and do good, then I'm humble. And turn away from my wicked ways, then he forgives me my sin, then he hears me, then he prays. But if I'm down there praying and the folks think I'm uh, turning away from my wicked ways, God ain't hearing me. I remember back in the heat of World War II, an old woman come and blessed me out and said, you low-down selfish preacher, you're awful pious and religious, and you're not praying for the boys over yonder in the service, and you ought to be run out of the pulpit. I said, well, if you're so religious, why don't you have a prayer meeting? And she called a prayer meeting, got a bunch of women together, and they was a-praying, and got one old saintly grandma, and she's a-praying, and she got to really praying, got a hold of God, and she's a-praying a I mean praying a good while. And that same old woman run over and shook him, said, Amy, Granny, cut your prayer off. Said, we got to go. I got a card party coming, and I hadn't got the prizes yet. I got to get the prizes before the closed stores closed. Wasn't she religious? And then I remember one time it said uh, Mr. Roosevelt and uh, Ms. Roosevelt is down at the prayer meeting praying for the boys and he, they bowed their heads over on the back of the seat in front of them and shed tears all over the floors with tears. Praying earnestly for the boys. And then as soon as the prayer meeting was over, they went out on the spacious grounds of the White House 
and serve 9,000 cans of beer. I never had a figure's tears. I figured saliva running out. Think about that old good Budweiser they're going to drink. <laughs> You're not fooling God. You might fool the public, but not God. If we don't have a revival, we've got to do without some sin and willingness to get God's attention. He's not fooling. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Repent. Make his path straight. Get everything out of the way. And then God will send a revival. And the revival waits on God's people getting everything right. Revival waits on God's evangelists. We need someone that will come and preach the truth, the whole truth. Jonah went and preached in Nineveh. And he preached until the king and all the rest of them repented in sackcloth and ashes. What if we had an evangelist that come to town till everybody closed shop and all of them get in and repent in sackcloth and ashes? What had happened to this town or any other town? And I mean, my friends, John the Baptist preached and folks got shook up everywhere and got right of God. He preached in the wilderness. And my friends, they didn't want him in the synagogue. They didn't want him some other places. But he went out in the wilderness and preached. And God saved many, many people. And God used him to start the church of the living Son of God. Revival waits on evangelistic preachers who preach the doctrine of the Bible, sin and hell and eternal life and righteous living. Not what Dr. So-and-so said, but what God said, God. It's needing to be preached by God's evangelists. Revival waits on God's people who will prevail in prayer. Every man and every woman, every young person praying, praying, praying. Revival waits on the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, not by power, but my spirit, saith the Lord God of hosts. It depends on the Spirit of God. It depends on God's Spirit. If we're going to have a revival, God's Spirit's got to bring it on. And if God's Spirit don't bring it on, we're not going to have one. Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Why? That there'll be a spiritual awakening to get God's people back to our churches and to get God's people away from the world and the world of places. Get them out of the ways of sin and make them thirst and hunger again after righteous living, will thou not pray and preach and teach and march for Christ that we might get them back in the righteous way that they might have righteousness reign in their lives again?